Welcome to a Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, K Fings. We're back, man. Episode 243. Yes, sir. All right. Um, before we get into it. Um, we got DJ with us. Yeah, we got DJ today. with us yeah, again. I'm, yeah, I'm back we again. Had a, we got to get we're, him on, in on the intro. We're all good on the audio now? It, sound, it sounds a little better. Yeah, it sounds good. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I just want to make sure. I want the people to hear me. Make sure I'm speaking to the right side of the fucking microphone, too. Yeah. yeah. That always helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Yep, 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 yep. All right, there you go. I can hear it a little better. All right, let's get right into it. Uh, a stolen owl. Um, this is a very weird story of a man who stole an owl. Um, owl found in car. What? I bought it at a gas station, says driver busted for DUI. An Arizona driver sure doesn't seem to give a hoot. Cops. Yeah, that's a funny. <laughs> funny. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Cops say they found an owl. It'd be the cheesy ones, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was a laffy taffy one. Got me. Yeah, that was the fucking ultimate dad joke. <laughs> All right. Cops say they found an owl in his passenger seat when they pulled him over for a DUI in Arizona. Uh, and that's not even the strangest part of the story. Um, Payson PD says they found a little co-pilot earlier t- uh, Thursday morning when officers performed the traffic stop. As they approached the vehicle, they immediately noticed a bird of prey riding shotgun. And this bird looks half dead right here. Um, um, here's the weirder part. Cops say the driver told them uh, he bought the owl at a local gas station. The convenience stores really do have it all. <laughs> they ain't sold no bird. This nigga lying. They um, hamming it up with this little article. Yeah, they, they're lying. Um, <laughs> well, now it's just as a bizarre mystery. It's potentially a crime. Payson police said says it's illegal to transport, possess, buy, sell wildlife in the, in the states, especially uh, expressly uh, permitted under Arizona law. Uh, I'll say this last part. We'll move on. The owl was reportedly picked up by the AZ Game and Fish Department after discovery, but it was apparently unable to be released back into the wild due to minor injuries. I mean, they might as well let this nigga keep the bird then. <laughs> I mean, the, the bird was fucked up, and I mean... They take the bird back, but they can't release it into its natural habitat now because the bird's fucked up. They probably sent it to calm. They feeding this nigga uh, human food. He eating french fries and whatnot. <laughs> of course he can. He's too fat. He can't go back into wildlife now. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. No thanks, man. Is wild. That's wild. That's wild. You you just drinking and riding. Uh, you, got your, you got a freaking owl riding shotgun. Yeah, the owl was probably loving it. Mm-hmm. The owl was here for that man, and to, then, for the owl to sit there, it must have been cool. Like, yeah, ain't no owl just gonna sit there and not be an owl. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Usually, they, they they don't get it twisted. Owls can attack you, mm-hmm. and they can hurt you. This was a smaller owl though. It looks mm-hmm. pretty small because mm-hmm. they could fit it in a hat. Yeah, I've seen owls so big that they scared the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. And I'll share a quick <clears> owl story. I was coming back from Santa Maria. I was taking Highway 166, which is a very windy road. It's a very dangerous road to be on. Mm-hmm. And there was an owl so big flying towards my truck at night, right, that his wings, I'm not even playing. I was driving a Freightliner Cascadia, right, like a 2011. And you know how the front windshields are pretty wide on trucks. Mm-hmm. This bird was so big that his wings went from one side of the truck to the other. It was an owl? It was a big fucking owl with a big old head. <laughs> and he was flying. It was at night. And he was flying down on the, on the, on the, on the freeway. Well, not even freeway, on the highway. Mm-hmm. And he just flew over the truck and kept going. And I was like, like, 
I normally my heart rate don't go up, but it went up because mm-hmm. a bird that big might go through your windshield. Yeah, definitely. That motherfucker. I seen that, and another thing that scared the fuck out of me is I seen a tumbleweed bigger than my truck. Really, bro? The tumbleweed <clears throat> was so. But you know how normally you see a big tumbleweed, pretty good size. Mm-hmm. It was like nine tumbleweeds that got married and turned into one big fucking tumbleweed, and it was rolling on the same highway, and it was blocking the whole road. Like a tumbleweed orgy. Nigga, this was a tumble demon. <laughs> and it was like, it took up both lanes, bro. I had never seen no shit like this. And imagine being on a just a two-lane highway at night. It probably was one in the morning. Mm-hmm. And a tumbleweed blocking both lanes. <laughs> and I had to drive through it like, oh, fuck. And I blew the fucking thing up. Like I it just bu- busted. It just busted open. That's wild. I was just like, dude. What the fuck? The owl, now the tumbleweed? Mm-hmm. Somebody trying to kill me out here. <laughs> yeah. You, you want to elaborate on the owl, man? You seem like you, oh, got, I just, seem like no, you got some owl knowledge here. Well, I just was, because <laughs> um, I, I just Googled the story too. Mm-hmm. They said they actually went back to the guy's house and they found uh, a piglet, an Eeyore, a rabbit. I'm dead. <laughs> uh, suspects say that Christopher Robin also <laughs> had a tigger. Uh, the owl wasn't alone. Is what <laughs> when he poops, like, let us out. <laughs> no. Oh, Baba. <laughs> I was thinking about the, uh, the little Tootsie Roll owl. How yeah. many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll? To That's the Axum interrogation. <laughs> what was that? Oh, the How owl. many licks? Like, <laughs> How many licks does it <laughs> no, no, that's no, that's actually a very. I just think that's like probably top ten weirdest animals you can choose to steal. Yeah, man. Yeah, but maybe the owl. I don't know. Was the owl injured? Did it say? Is that why yeah, you picked owl, it up? Yeah, that's well. They, they well, they tried to put it into you know uh, the wildlife, but they couldn't because it was injured. Well, I'm saying the first the guy who was caught with the owl did he mm-hmm. did he try? Oh, the the I person don't think it says to, how how they how he got yeah, it. Because how, how do you even catch an owl? Because they do fight, like you say. Mm-hmm. Like they will attack you. So I, I'm like, how did he catch? I think somebody evaluated the owl. Somebody of the wildlife. They oh, okay. they evaluated the owl, determined he was too hurt. It was probably some like female owl that rolled by and was like, I don't want no scrub. <laughs> scrub is a guy who's <laughs> <laughs> in the passenger side of a drunk man's ride. <laughs> no, hey, drunk. Yo, no disrespect to nobody, but drunk people and homeless people are like. Cause I've seen uh, homeless people have like a squirrel on the leash. I'm, yeah. <laughs> you like, yo, what type of whisperer are you? Squirrel confuses a motherfucker. <laughs> like, when are we going home? We're not exactly. Yeah, uh, let's not gloss over the fact that this part too. As for the driver, cops say he was arrested for aggravated DUI, possession of methamphetamine, and possession of wildlife. So this nigga was on meth and owls. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> he was on owls. Yeah, I actually learned a lot about meth recently. Oh, what's there to learn? Um, really, nothing that during World War Two the the Germans were on meth. They did. Yeah. They so did. They were on it. I was like, okay. So that was, it was used mm. for something. Them niggas is like, Eisenheimer, Eisenheimer. <laughs> exactly. Wiener Schnitzel. Wiener Schnitzel. We've been up 25 days straight. In a row. That's probably how he was up late enough to catch an owl because they nocturnal as hell. You didn't catch an owl during the day. Yeah, you can't catch an owl. <laughs> All you had to do to beat the Germans is give them some melatonin. I'm dead. <laughs> like, oh, shit, I'm too sleepy. Oh, God, fuck. 
<laughs> the Hindenburg is going down. Oh, I said, no. I said they did in three days what they thought was going to take two weeks. Meth is amazing. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Not only them too. I think it was. It might have been the Japanese that also took um, uh, meth-like things. Um, I think it was the Japanese Air Force. I could be fucking wrong. Mm. So people listening, don't you know? Don't don't uh, fry me for that. But I'm trying to figure. out I think it might have been the Japanese. It could have mm-hmm. been. But they took something, but I think it was like heroin. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I think it was like heroin. And, and back in the day, they was taking opium and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. not, not so much just the Japanese, but they had something called opium dens. Mm-hmm. Motherfuckers just went there to get high. Yeah. Mm. It was nuts. That sounds fun. Yeah, nuts. It's a, lot of pe- it's a lot of stories of people getting high, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of these ancient civilizations, like you wonder how they come up with some of the stuff they came up with. Yeah. A lot of them were uh, under, psych- they were doing psychedelics too. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That's why when people be asking about pyramids, you'd be like, they was just on drugs. That's how they built pyramids that big back in the day with no technology. Dude, there's mm-hmm. some shit that we don't know. Because that <laughs> I, when I talk about pyramids to people, they're like, oh, this is what they did. It's like, dude. If you just believe that, there's there's more to that. Exactly. This is this perfect structure that's got like two million three hundred something thousand stones that are over six tons a piece, perfectly stacked all the way to the top, perfectly cut. And humans did that with no technology. It's like, come on, motherfucker. There's <laughs> no way. And then they had to take these stones miles away. Exactly. And transport them. Who's doing that? Exactly. Eddie, me and Eddie brought these things up, like <laughs> up this like five flights of stairs, and we was like, never again. Yeah, that, yeah. And, but, but I will say, um, the reason I believe that, you know, those uh humans made those things is cause black people made America. And you know, like you know, the slaves over there built quote unquote built the uh built the pyramid. So it kinda you know, Honestly, you could do anything with a slave. That wasn't slave power, man. That was Wakanda. I don't know what the fuck was going on over there. Had vibranium. Them niggas had yeah. vibranium over there. Something. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. There's there's a whole lot more we don't know. But yeah, shout out to this owl, yo. Hope the owl is okay. Mm-hmm. You know? Yo, I don't give a hoot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That was not supposed to be that funny. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah it's probably just how how I was reading it. I was <laughs> reading it like they wrote it. I guess how they <laughs> intended it to be read. Because <laughs> if you if you're listening to a person that can't read, nothing's interesting or funny. Because this nigga can't read. You just focus on him not reading. You know what I hated during school is when we had reading time. And it would be somebody that couldn't read, and they'd be like, mouse and live and good. Okay, everybody, what'd you learn from that state? You're like, I didn't learn anything. This nigga can't read. Because I heard singular words, and I didn't hear (laughs) sentences. I heard he was saying a word at a time that didn't, he didn't put it together. This nigga made four syllables out of the word life. Will you stop calling Tyrone to read? This motherfucker can't read. He can't read at his grade level. Get somebody else. <laughs> Tyrone barely know how to spell his name. I used to purposely pick people that couldn't read. I'm, I sound like a dickhead for saying this, though. I would read or whatever, and people that were like like bullies or whatever, or just assholes, I would purposely pick them. And for some reason, a lot of bullies didn't know they couldn't read. Yeah. So I would purposely pick them. Oh, they knew. Yeah, and then <laughs> and then the thing about it, they was bullies to everybody else. They wouldn't whooping on me, mm-hmm. so I'd be like, "I'm." All pick- you got to do is put a Harry Potter book in front of him. Then he's gonna stumble over his words. I'll be everybody up in this school except <laughs> Harry Potter. <laughs> Crumble. All right, go to speech class, buddy. All right, I shouldn't be making fun of uh, 
illiteracy. <laughs> you know, sometimes you got to fight fire with fire, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> switching gears. Um, Charlotte Hornets bombarded with sexual jokes over CLT jerseys. Uh, the Charlotte Hornets unveiled their new brand new CLT jerseys on Thursday. And unsurprisingly, it didn't take long for the internet to labask la, la the team with uh, sophomic sexual jokes. Wow, that's some uh, pretty interesting diction they use there. Social media erupted at the sight of the front of the uniforms, uh, giggly, giggly, giggly over the fact that the quick first glance, the CLT, um, could look like the slang term for a part of a woman's anatomy. I'm o- I'm ordering mines from custom with found it on the nameplate. Uh, one fan wrote, "Yeah, I think that." And basically, the uh, the short word CLT without the I is clit, the woman's clitoris, mm-hmm. right? Um, it took a lot of us a long time to find that. Um, <laughs> when I started having sex, I wouldn't think about no clits at all. It was you focused on. Ah, it's just pussy. I, I didn't know what was going <laughs> on. With, oh, just pussy. This, this, this whole thing is a pussy. Right? <laughs> you, you, you'd, be licking, you'd be licking north of the vagina, north of the clitoris. Mm-hmm. The clitoris is literally right there. Some girls, it's a little more difficult to find. Yeah. Some of them, that should be tucked away. Yeah, huh. <laughs> it's, it's shy. <laughs> Some of the girls be having a blanket on it. You're like, damn, that clit is back there. Um, but no, um, I think that the people that create these jerseys, by the way, it's a nice jersey. But the people who create logos or jerseys or designs, like, do they not have the foresight to see that this could be literally unraveled and turned into a joke? Right. <laughs> I mean, if you wanted to do Charlotte Hornet, I, I think that. I don't know. And then CLT is supposed to be Charlotte. Is that how is that, that post? Is that, is that what it's supposed to be? You couldn't put the whole fucking word on the yeah. front? Yeah. They didn't think it all the way through. I'm trying to be too cool, man. The worst part is they signed Leangelo. So now even on, now on the team, they got two balls, too. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's worse. Yeah, clits but, and two balls. <laughs> the yeah. clits got two balls on the team. Yeah, they got clit. They got clit on the front of the jersey, and to make it worse, if these guys got a bad radio, a bad like record, people gonna be like, "Yeah, we beat them pussies up." <laughs> yeah, it's just Charlotte is really C H A. That's that's kind of how I C H R probably. No, see it like literally C H A. They've always oh, they yeah, used to, they, yeah. Did they not have C H A jerseys before? I think they have had something. Or at least when you you they know at the basketball you know on the bottom of the basketball the score. Yeah, it'd be like Lakers, it'd be L A A. Um and then Cha. Yeah. Something. But not Clit. I don't know where they got that from. <laughs> yeah, Clippers is L A C. Lakers is what is it? It's not L A A. It's just L A L. L A L. Exactly. Yes, it is. Um, but yeah, Charlotte, I think is CHA. Mm-hmm. So why the fuck can they just do that? Yeah, I don't know where they got CLT from. Maybe we're the problem. Hey man, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, no, we're not the problem. We know we we just you you can't stop what your mind is trying to like. This sticks out, man. You got yeah. you got clit on the front of a jersey. That's <laughs> like that's like you coming out with you got a jersey that says DIC on the front. <laughs> Yeah, like motherfuckers are gonna be like, "Ha ha, that's hilarious." <laughs> You're like a real company with the name Dick on the front of your jersey. <laughs> like, come on, man. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they got to do better. The jerseys actually look cool, but it just it doesn't work. 
Yeah, and see, oh, here's the older jersey right here. It says CHA on the front. Yeah, let me see. Yeah, right here. Yeah, CHA. exactly. So yeah. why why would they put that on I'm there? Change the acronyms. Yeah, I don't I don't get that. Yeah, leave it leave that acronym alone. So from now on, folks, whenever you create a logo or brand, whatever, make sure you take time to sit down with maybe at least four to five people and just like. Think about how they could tear this thing apart. Like, how could they unravel it? How could it be copied? Is it original enough? Like, you got to have these conversations. Because if you just put this out and say, hey, this sounds really cool. Whoever, if a guy created this, I feel bad for him. Here's why. This nigga don't know where the clitoris is. <laughs> he don't even know what the word means. <laughs> this guy's probably 50 years old and doesn't know where the clit is at. And his wife is just, just too embarrassed to tell him. They should uh, release these or wear them only during like Women Empowerment Month. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why did you say that? With such seriousness. <laughs> <laughs> they might as well. All the women going down to what do you call that? The, uh, the slut walk with Amber Rose. Yeah. We are clits. We are clits. <laughs> <laughs> All down. number one jerseys. Uh, yep. Clit on the front and ball on the back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh man, nah. On the back, it just say "sexually empowered." <laughs> that's the new. Hey, that's the new terminology they're using. Sexually empowered. Empowered, like sec. No, is it uh, sexually liberated? Mm. Right. I never do the sexuality with something you ever had to fight for. You just fucking or you're not. Yeah. They don't want to be called hoes. That's the biggest thing. No, I don't think you call a woman a hoe, but a hoe is a hoe, and a hoe is a person. Mm-hmm. I just think that that word has been too, designated to women too much, and that's not fair, because mm-hmm. there's men, there's hoes out here like a motherfucker. But mm-hmm. they just trying to rebrand it. But mm-hmm. truth be told, you're still a hoe, though. You can't escape that. I will say that <laughs> I will say that if you just acknowledge that you are a hoe, nobody will call you a hoe. Nah, they still gonna call you a hoe, bro. But you knew that. Nah, already. if they if you own it, I it don't, don't even have the same like, power. Yeah, it don't it don't hit the same. You can't even be like shit. Everybody, it's just like I know. Everybody knew that already. Yeah, it was like you slept with me. What that make you? And be like, well, I guess I'm a hoe too. Yeah, you heard that? There's a cough or something. <laughs> Their homeless <laughs> cough is different, dude. Podcast. Yeah. That homeless cough <laughs> be different. He said, ha! That definitely hurt. <laughs> It definitely has start of another pandemic written all over it. Yeah, the homeless dude, this nigga bringing back old diseases. Yeah. Yeah. This the old coffee. He's out. Ah. He's yeah. probably 18 years old. You know you age differently when you're homeless. You age in dog years when you're homeless. Dude, he got, he got, he got. <laughs> Huh? He, he got one of the diseases nobody got. This nigga got polio now. <laughs> <laughs> this motherfucker got tuberculosis outside. <laughs> that definitely. Yeah. You imagine that? Oh, it. I don't know what it is, and I, I have deep empathy for homelessness. Yeah. But at the same time, they're just like anyone else. I can find a joke. I can find a joke there. And the, the homeless cough is a very dangerous cough. <laughs> A mask, one of those paper thin mat. You need an N95. Yeah. You shake a homeless person's hand, you're sick. You might as well just touch a garbage pail. <laughs> just go touch a dirty trash can. <laughs> Are you going? <laughs> Are you going? It's crazy. I'm trying to normalize homelessness, Keith. Let me fucking finish. <laughs> he said, I'm "Trying to normalize it." <laughs> As if it's not. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
that's crazy. Oh, <clears throat> yeah, man. I I don't know where we where we got off on this. I think the the homeless cough really. I think you yeah. could really you could really determine between a regular person's cough. <laughs> it's like uh, uh, a homeless cough. Like this nigga ain't had a check. Wow. Ooh. Ooh, you cough like you got a house. How you doing? Uh, <laughs> That's crazy. Oh, man. Yeah, you wow. cough like you got a medicine cabinet. <laughs> man. <laughs> That's crazy. You ever, you ever seen a person that probably was, you know, an uh, uh, unhoused person? I'm trying to normalize it. <laughs> what? <laughs> trying to normalize. If they sneeze. <laughs> I seen this dude sneeze one time, and it looked like, Two like twenty ounces of mucus fucking flew out. Nice. He said, "That shit came out." I'm like, dude, you could put out a flame with that much mucus. Said an unhoused person. You know how that? You know we're trying to you know create we're changing a, words. Uh, we we don't give, call girls hoes. We call them sexually empowered. Yeah, yeah, sexually liberated. We're giving everybody pronouns now. Yeah. Unhoused. If you're broke, you're uh, you're I don't know what you call it. Financially between jobs. <laughs> in transition exactly. there you go yeah financially trans uh, uh trans transmitting whatever you call it oh uh, man trans financial yeah there you go trans i mean i don't have a lot of money but i am trans rich at this moment i identify as rich i identify as rich that's crazy this nigga got negative 30 dollars in his trans account financial i like it I like oh, it. That man. might be one I might do. <laughs> man. That is crazy. Yeah, women won't go for that. They'll be like, uh-uh, you are not trans rich in my house. You better get a job. <laughs> oh, That's discrimination. Man. Yeah, we got to chill with this pronoun stuff because we, we keep pushing it. We're trying to be progressive. But at some point, this shit's going to it's gonna come to an end. It's going to come to a head one day when we're trying to give something pronouns that shouldn't have it. No, that we that we person threw me off. What she was like, we or the person was like, we uh, ours. Yeah, um, us. That was that was their pronouns. Yeah, I'm getting to the the closer I get to forty, the less I just don't care about what this stuff. I'm just be like, ladies, speak English. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't I, I don't do good with nicknames. What do you mean? These are all nicknames. <laughs> yeah, you are what I met you as. Like, yeah. 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 You can't all of a sudden tell me, hey, man, don't call me Keith. Call me KJ. <laughs> I'm like, boy, you are Keith. <laughs> He's like, actually, we identify as werewolves. You know, um, this dude cracked a joke, actually, on TikTok. I seen it. He's like, I'm getting fucking tired of this shit. I told my job I identify as a cat. They don't give me no fucking cat litter in the bathrooms or nothing. <laughs> I'm quitting. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. I you start t- identifying as animals. That's crazy. They, you basically, the people who already do that, they call them furries. I thought that was like a sexual thing, though. Uh, it's not always sexual, but uh, it, sometimes it's just it's wild. Sometimes they on those uniforms, they don't even get out of them. They just be urinated and dookieing in those uniforms. That's wild. That's a fucking. Wow. That's beyond kinky. I don't mm. know what that is. Yeah. Yeah, furries, they, and they literally go to they they go to the extreme. <clears throat> they be on their knees, crawling everywhere, and. That in, shit's like wild. in their sex life type type stuff. It's just they just like feeling like submissive, like an animal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what they do, man. I, I they got I think guys call a furry convention too. But they all come together that's, and they, you know what? It's just a bunch of mascots fucking each other, but man. But that's what kills me. It's uh, no matter how you are, 
There's always a group for you. Right. <laughs> like, that's facts. How you find a hundred other people just like you? That is right. <laughs> that's great. Some people. You'd be out like, nigga, is that the Arizona Cardinals mascot? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Benny the Bull? What are you doing here? <laughs> Benny, the <Bull. laughs> Benny the Bull out there with his dick out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Clipper Daryl, you a human. You're not supposed to be. <laughs> oh man, what's the what's the hockey team here? The Condors, right? Yeah, you see a condor. You see a condor with a cock just sticking out the front, <laughs> carrying wild. the owl from that nigga front seat. There's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, two birds in one stone. Oh man, oh uh, that's a terrible saying. Kill two birds. With Think one about stone. how much we just like celebrate slaughtering animals. <laughs> To come up with that statement, kill two I ate birds. Some chicken earlier, so yeah, I did too. But it's like I never thought about killing two birds with one stone. How big is the stone? Fuck. <laughs> I was gonna say that's actually pretty. It's actually pretty cool. Pretty impressive. Like if you can bounce the stone off one bird and hit another like, one, <laughs> you talented. This nigga playing Angry Birds. <laughs> he oh, used a math to kill birds. Only David got skills like that with the stone. Oh man, no, nah, nice. that's not that's not true. The motherfuckers in the other countries really be stoning people. Yeah. They got real. Well, stoning came from the biblical days. Yeah. yeah. Imagine how hard, how many stones you got to get hit with to die. That's a trash way to like, like try to hurt somebody. It's a process rocks. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's personal though. Like I'm going to take this rock and hit you with it. Mentally and physically. Imagine waiting through all the rocks that missed. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The cold part about it is our streets ain't set up like that. What you mean? Like, you can't really get stoned no more because, like, it's just street, like, asphalt and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I disagree because in the hood, they don't be fixing the streets. So you can just pick up parts of asphalt and throw it at people. Yeah. <laughs> you do got to find a lot of rocks to kill. I wonder how many rocks it takes to, like, kill somebody. To kill somebody. Because people is dying from getting stoned. Hell yeah. 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 Niggas need to put the guns down and just start stoning people again. Oh, that, ooh, man. that They won't know who did it. You Ain't no, ain't no fingerprints on stones. <laughs> Ain't no, ain't they, shit, good luck finding the forensics on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine somebody dying from like getting stoned. Oh, cuz. Cuz hit me with a stone, cuz. He stoned me. <laughs> he stoned me. I, I don't even know. No, imagine he lives. Like, I don't know what happened. Like, I just woke up and he was hitting me with a rock, cuz. <laughs> and from that moment, like, I knew my life flashed before my eyes. The police came and they saved me. Like a documentary, stone. like Vlad TV. Imagine if the dude that do it got a reputation. Oh, that's a little stony cuz. <laughs> a little stony cuz. <laughs> that's stony, stony cuz. That's the uh the West Side Stoners over there. <laughs> Dad, that's crazy. They didn't get their name from smoking weed. They got their name from stoning people. Right. Stoning. That's Bro, crazy. they show stonings on the news, on the world news. Like in the Middle East, huh? Yeah, the Middle mm-hmm. East. They be like, I stone you. Oh, oh. They just picking up motherfucking anything. <laughs> this dude picked up the football size stone and threw it, but he was too weak. He didn't go very far. <laughs> you got to get up close with them big ones. That's like throwing a shot put or something. Yeah, stone, yeah, stone rocks and rock. Yeah, yeah. If you if you can run fast though, you don't got to worry about getting stoned. You just outrun the stones. Yeah, running a zigzag like just that's what they teach you. <laughs> but you got to you get usually when you get stoned like they surround you or you walk like I think I think. Like when G- Jesus was getting stoned, I think he was just walking down a like a path of people, like a parade. Can you imagine that <clears throat> Jesus is minding his business and they start stoning him. Be like, man, y'all niggas is tripping. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. I don't know. I wonder did Jesus ever say like, "ow"? <laughs> <laughs> like, did he feel? 
or did he just take it? <laughs> Yo, he built up a tolerance. Mentally, he might have been different. Yo, I heard something. Jesus had the mama mentality. Jesus definitely had mama mentality. Dang, that's Yo. who I was gonna sit through it because I would have been ready to die for y'all sins. And then got up there and got hit with two stones. I'm like, all right, all right, all right, never mind, never mind, never mind. All right, let me down, let me down, let me down. I can't do it. Pops, I can't do it, bro. Get me down. Okay. Get let me, me down. down. They're just going to have to, hey, look, man, look. They're going to have to die. They yeah. Just <clears throat> you know That's what? Funny. Fuck it. You just come down. Uh, Andrew Schultz just told a joke. And and Charlemagne's eyes got big when he said it, but it was like a biblical joke that he had heard. He heard it on second hand, and they talked about how Jesus looked like. He's like Jesus looked like he was actually in pretty good shape, mm-hmm. and then somebody said, "Yeah, he did CrossFit." <laughs> that's, that's funny. <laughs> that is hilarious. I was like, "Oh wow!" That and Charlemagne's funny. eyes got big. He's like, "Oh my gosh, Schultz. oh my god." <laughs> yep. Yeah, well, we've we've exhausted this topic. We've just been going on a tangent this uh, this episode. I apologize. Shout out to Jesus. Yeah, shout out to Jesus. Shout out to unhoused. (laughs) Shout out to the unhoused. The unhoused low-key sound like a horror movie. Yeah, I know, right? Ooh. That might be one of the ones. Yeah, you got to be careful, though. I I think when it comes to like, and this is not to be fucked up towards homeless people, but it's sometimes they got mental illness and they can just do things out of the blue. You know, you might come up and see a homeless person and be like, hey, how's it going? And you get too close and they just spit in your mouth. You'd be like, oh, what? <laughs> what is, you what definitely is got to I probably, you got to kill yourself that night. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, ooh. <laughs> yeah. Or somebody that might be um, unhoused. We'd be like, thank you, man. Thank you for the change. Try to shake your hand. You'd be like, all right, man. You have a good one. God bless you, man. Truthfully, I'm going to tell you all something crazy. and You guys may look at me different. Uh, I have shaken a couple of those hands before because I'd be feeling like I don't want to like, th- they're humans too. Mm-hmm. And I can always go home and wash my hands and clean myself. And they can't, huh? So when somebody put their hand out, I don't be wanting to be like, oh my God, ill. no, just take mm-hmm. the money and go. I don't be doing that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I shake those hands mm-hmm. and just have faith that ain't nothing going to happen to me. Yeah. Hopefully, ho- hopefully homelessness ain't contagious. <laughs> Cause I might have caught it. <laughs> you go to the doctor and he's like, "Ah, hey, you've been uh, you coming down with a huge case of homelessness right now." You shake this dude's hand, you just took all that bacteria home to the family. Yeah, yeah. yeah if you're gonna shake anyone's hand, if it, let's just be like being honest. You shake anyone's hand, you might want to have some sanitizer on hand. Yeah, we keep but, it on deck. Good because I've left the gym and I've and I've washed my hands in the bathroom and I see a bunch of people walking right out. Yeah. This dude just took a massive dump and walked right out. You can hear his shit. All of that. Motherfucker just got out and walked out. It's like, bro, that ain't cool. That's nasty. Yeah. And he's going to shake somebody. And I'm really skeptical of shaking most people's hands because it ain't no telling what they was doing. Somebody could have been, you know, playing with his wife's stuff. And he goes out the house and he figured like, oh, my wife's pussy is clean. Let me just go to work. You know the yeah. last time <laughs> the last time my hand stunk from like just shaking a lot of hands was at DJ's wedding. I had to definitely wash my hands. It's a I, bunch I, of hands and shaking everybody's hands. Clammy hands, sweaty hands, drinks and all. It was, yeah, why, what it was. I don't understand why this is the first time I'm hearing this. <laughs> yeah, you never know what people man. <laughs> it was a lot of stinky hands at the wedding. Yeah, and no that, that stank. Nobody who knows where it came from. 
Yeah. They could have went. They could have had a, too many drinks and went out in that parking lot for a little bit. Mm-hmm. See, now if I get divorced, I'm like, the hands. <laughs> there was a lot of stinky hands there. It was cursed <laughs> from the beginning. <laughs> uh, oh, you know, it would have been crazy. You walk in there and be like, I didn't know y'all had a fish fry in here. <laughs> y'all got shrimp in there? <laughs> Switching gears. Uh, recently, uh, Tom Brady and his wife Giselle Bunchen uh, got a divorce, and uh, Giselle Bunchen uh, bought a mansion near Tom Brady's. Um, it is over the pond from Tom's, and uh, I don't know why uh, TMZ made it look like she had moved across the fucking street, but she did not. <clears throat> okay, Giselle Bunchen um, basically is making moves, setting up her homestead right next to her ex hubby. TMZ has confirmed Giselle closed on an eleven point five million dollar home. Think about how much power you got to have as a just as a, a rich person or a woman. Because you know she made more money than Tom, right? Yeah, that's what they say. That's fucking nuts. She's like a supermodel mm-hmm. slash like entrepreneur slash whatever, right? <clears throat> Home Miami Beach area. Tom, right across- Tom took a lot of pay cuts, though. What do you mean? That was like his career. He yeah, it was. Take pay cuts. Yeah. If he was really getting maxed out like he was supposed to, he, yeah. yeah, it might be different. Yeah, easily. If yeah. she was getting maxed out like she was supposed to, it might be different too. Wow. That's a hot take. <laughs> this guy's saying Tom's not performing in the bedroom. <laughs> performing on the field. <laughs> you can't do both. I can't I be know, the best man. football player in the world. And yeah, I don't know, man. Who, like kn- that. who knows, man? Um, I remind me, right across the street from Tom Brady is building a house. Is she building $11 million? Building an $11 million house. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, sources connected with the former couple tell TMZ, Tom knew Giselle was buying the house, and it all has to do with co-parenting, making it easy for the kids to go back and forth. Giselle's home is 6,600 square feet. That's not and true. Has, huh? I'm sorry. That's not true. What they're saying? Well, the, the house is in Miami. Tom plays football for the majority of the year in Tampa Bay. Right. That's a, I think it's like a four hour drive or something. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe in the off season. Who knows? <laughs> they just, they're bright and stuff. Um, <laughs> that's just right. Yeah. Square feet has all the bells and whistles, a home theater, a gym, a playroom for the kids. <clears throat> it has a dock out back, just like Tom's. Uh, first broke the story, Giselle's purchase. Um, either she may be in, uh, intending on uh, dating another athlete or hoping Tom comes back over there. I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna be sliding. If somebody, the thing about it is, if somebody else is fucking Giselle Bunchen, like, and I don't know who that is. It's kind of like I hate to say this, but like, when it comes to Beyonce, like, who is she gonna date if she left Jay Z? Obama. Obama's married. That ain't gonna happen. I did. I don't know. Uh, back in the day, there were the rumors that like her and LeBron were cheating with each other. Mm-hmm. And that was one where I was like, that's all she can go date. That's a fact. From, like, J- from Jay-Z. From Jay-Z. Is, is another billionaire who's yeah. an athlete. Right. Can't even go date another musician. Like, Yeah. That's the only way you can yeah. where people are like, okay, I, I, I get it. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I think when it comes down to it, anybody else is going to be, I, I want to say a downgrade because that's not true. Maybe the person treats them better. Like, I hate to, when people say like, oh, they downgraded or they upgraded. Sometimes the upgrade, you might leave a chick that got a big old perfect booty, a nice body, real pretty, all of that. And now you're dating a girl that's a little bit chubby. But the chubby girl is actually the upgrade. Definitely. Because yeah. she values you. <laughs> she cares. She she listens yeah. to you. You guys reciprocate the energy and all of that. Right. 
and you know, not, crazy. And not even value who you already are. Actually right. raise your value to who you're supposed to be. Right. Yeah. Draining those balls. You know it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. We never said that about Kim Kardashian. What do you mean? Like Kanye West is arguably the greatest artist of all time. Right. Um and we never once was like, who's she going to date now? Because, you know, just because she got a, a history. <laughs> yeah, she got Pete Davis. Yeah, we've already another. witnessed her date less. Yeah. She's yeah. been across. She's been up and down. Yeah, more than likely the guy's going to be black. They, like, uh, freaking uh, Pete uh, Pete Davidson is the only non-black guy that we've seen her with. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Yeah, he's the only one. Pete's got the gift of gab, man. He, he knows... He knows how to say the right things, mm-hmm. you know, he's getting them. But yeah, there's that. I, I, I personally think this is just this is just a concept. It's not a fact. With Giselle Bungeon in regards to Tom Brady and him choosing to play football, people are saying he's choosing to play football over his family and all of this shit. And I don't know if that's the case. I think that sometimes women set themselves up the wrong way because they date a highly driven man and the same thing that drove him to her or drove it drove them, drove her to really be with him can also be the reason why they break up. So you wanted a man who was hyper-focused on his career and you were super attracted to the, the fact that he could hone in and be a champion and be a leader and it turned you on until it didn't anymore. Yeah, I think that sometimes women have an expiration date on their support and they need to cut that shit out because what can happen is you love this guy, you supported him until you wanted him to change. That doesn't make sense. I'm not saying she's doing this. This is just a concept. If you if you meet somebody, whatever they are, they're a top comedian or an athlete or a, uh, they own a law firm or whatever. Usually, not all the time, you either meet that person in their infancy dealing with this thing that they're building and you can see they're already good or you met them while they're at the top but they haven't reached the mountaintop yet but you can see that they're serious about this thing and you've accepted that and you appreciate that until you no longer do so how much of that is actually tom brady's fault if that's the reason why they're splitting up i i don't believe you know and this is just all rumors so who knows what the real reason is Mm -hmm. i don't believe that because if tom brady stopped playing football he gonna just do something else that takes up the majority of his day He going he already had to deal for um you know being the sports broadcaster or whatever. So, it doesn't Yeah, and and Tom Brady is a type of person like I don't imagine guys like him, guys like Jordan, guys like Kobe. I don't think those are guys that can just like quit at doing things cold turkey. Like if he's not playing football no more, <laughs> the amount of time that he spent watching film, working out and all this stuff is going to be spent somewhere else whether recruiting athletes, running a business or you know, whatever the case may be. So it's just like you said, you can't, you can't, you're supposed to like grow with people. You shouldn't be trying to like force them to do, right. you know, you should be more supportive in that way. And like the thing about it too, most people, what is the, what is the uh, retirement age? Like 60 some years Probably old? Probably 64 now. 64. It's going up. Right. They want us to be like Biden by the time we fucking retire. Yeah. Like <laughs> and Tom Brady is only in his 40s. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? He's even with that, he would be still retiring before the, you know, the average, exactly. the average there you person. Go. So you still got so many All years this life. to live with him. Yeah. So it's just like, like you said, I think 
whatever the case may be, you should just be trying to support, you know, your your husband and whatever they do. Here's the thing about Giselle. Giselle, <clears throat> what, Giselle what Giselle is doing, I don't know if this is who she is or not. Giselle is a supermodel. So every man to her is pretty much disposable, except Tom. Like, she is the breadwinner with every guy she meets, every single guy. And that comes with a cost because a lot of women are like, fine, bye, I'm out of here, right? But when they get a man that's real valuable and they do that, now you're back to square one. Now you're going to look at every dude because Tom has imprinted her. This is what a lot of women don't realize. When they break up with somebody, even if you're not with them, that man has imprinted you. Yeah, we don't know who she was dating before Tom Brady. Yeah, nobody knows because he was insignificant. But now mm-hmm. when, you, when a woman is with a guy for 12 years, 10 years, whatever, she can move on, but she will <clears> never move on because that guy has an imprint on her. And regardless of what you do, if you don't fill those shoes, you will never fill those shoes. That's why men need to be, men need to be careful, man. They, they got to be careful because um, she was dating Tom. So, like, when you come into that situation, just – realize you probably you ain't really i'm not saying you should reduce yourself you just ain't tom my g there's a um <laughs> there's a song by black that's called uh, Elef- elephant in the room uh-huh. and this the, the idea of the song is like it's he's talking to this girl and he's telling her like don't make me pick between my music and you because i'm gonna pick my music 90 percent uh-huh. of the time right and i think that um she probably got dealt like what do you call that? Uh, a dose of reality when it was like, Tom, if he, if this is, you know, if this happened, like, Tom, if you don't stop playing football right this moment, then I'm going to leave. And he was like, uh, then he just went, put on his pads and his he helmet walked and walked to practice. <laughs> no, he, he has loved this since he was seven years old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You cannot come in there. Sometimes you got to just. Allow your allow your significant other to do what makes them happy, so that they can come home and be happy for with you. Yeah, for sure. Because he could have <clears throat> easily stayed in the house and, and been miserable, yeah. and she would have hated him more. Yeah. But because he got to go home and be happy and come home, like, babe, guess what? I made a great tackle today. I threw an interception, but mm-hmm. guess what? I got it back. Mm-hmm. Like he could tell mm-hmm. them type of yeah. <laughs> yeah. tell them type of stories or yeah. celebrate Super Bowls with you or whatever the case. Some of these women don't realize it, but they're trying. Okay, look, Tom is a wild animal. You cannot domesticate a wild animal. What exactly. I mean by that is his drive and his passion for what he does is so powerful. Right, this dude was drafted in a sixth fucking round. He's not even supposed to be in the league. Exactly, and he literally overcame being a backup to being the best athlete of all time. You think that a person like that can just wire themselves differently after having a drive that long? He yeah. also, he also, because of his journey, because of those things, is probably playing until he absolutely can't anymore mm-hmm. because he takes nothing for granted. Because of yeah. what I what I had to do to get here, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay as long as I can because I don't. This mean the world to me because of the work I had to put in to get it, and then yeah. also. He probably, because remember, he did retire for a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. He probably got home and realized, you know what? I don't even know how to spend this much time with you. I don't even know if mm-hmm. I like you enough to spend <laughs> this much time with you because I never have. Mm-hmm. Our whole relationship, I've been doing <laughs> like intermittent fasting with you. Like I, mm-hmm. I always got somewhere else to go. Mm-hmm. You asked me to spend. <clears throat> so the, probably the first day, we all, we all, you know, a lot of people say they dealt with this in the pandemic. Like. 
You've been going to work for eight hours a day and coming home to this person. And then in the pandemic, you realize, oh, shoot, yeah. do I like you for a full 24 hours? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I feel bad for him, too, because I feel like, and this is a reach, reach, I'm about to say this, but I feel like maybe if somebody like Kobe was still alive, it would help Tom Brady out a lot. Because Tom Brady was able to, I mean, Kobe was able to find his thing after basketball. He was mm. able to, you know, make books and movies and also be a coach for his daughters and, and, and women's teams. And mm. he was able to find that thing that allowed him to still have that drive and, 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 and him to be able to be able to coach and help people. But, like, there's no comparable for Kobe now. Think about it. Kobe retired. At the end of his 30s, what was he, 39 or 40 already? Kobe retired in 2016. He was born in 78. It's so like 39. It's like 39 going on 40, right, when he retired. Yeah. So he exhausted everything that he had. Mm-hmm. There's no other player like that. Kobe scored 60 points in his last fucking game. People like Kobe are very rare <clears throat> because people like Kobe happen to be Michael Jordan. We can talk about who's great, who's this, who's that, but the killer instinct that exists with these guys, Kobe, Jordan, Tom. I'm trying to figure out who else has that level of just, just like dedication maniacal mm-hmm. yeah. to one thing. To, yeah. Because you see with even LeBron, he's he's doing a bunch of different things while still playing. Kobe did not do anything else until he was done. He gave everything he had to basketball. Tom Brady, the same with Tom Brady with football. I think the difference between Tom and Kobe, Kobe was able to retire peacefully because I think he was more of a forward-thinking person to where he already knew, like, hey, I enjoy art. I enjoy writing. So I'm going to transition to this. I enjoy coaching my daughters. I'm a, Tom Brady is like... I don't know what I'm going to do without football. So then he goes with something typical. Oh, I'll just go in the broadcast booth. But that's not, Mm -hmm. that's still, you're not, you haven't left the game. Mm -hmm. Tom Brady may never be able to like leave the game of football. He may have no other interests. Like, what do you even, what is, what are even some of Tom Brady's like sponsors? Like what projects? Well, he has, he has a cold clothing line. Tom Brady's clothing line. Yeah. Oh yeah. He has Under Armour. He also has the, um, he's signing athletes and stuff like that, but. Yeah, most his his the bulk of his you know name it's football is, is related. Football, yeah. yeah, so <clears throat> Tom is like, bro, I can't retire with you. How I about th- you? St- how about you? How about you stop modeling? How about that? Yeah, exactly. She probably be like, what? Yeah, I think <laughs> she probably would do it though, because you know, girls girls got different mentalities. But I think that instead of like making him um, quit football or retire, it it should be more emphasis on like what is the the quality time look like because yeah. if imagine like Giselle saying like yo I want you to retire so you can spend more time with us and then you know he's like all right now retire for two weeks and we just sitting around the house and I'm just like, like what am I supposed to I'm do I'm just not productive so not even that like he don't like her or, you know they they don't know what to do together it's just like you know I could be happy playing football, practicing four times a week, whatever the case may be. And then on Mondays after our game, we could spend all day together. And we got that one day out of the week that we spend the most quality time versus me just not being fulfilled or me not being happy yeah. doing whatever uh, Sunday to Sunday. And I'm I'm not doing anything. We just like sitting yeah. around like cooking meals together. So. Yeah. Women will leave a man for the same thing that attracted them. <laughs> Yeah. And I, I think with Tom, man, like, 
It's almost like if you're a really handsome dude and, you know, your wife or your girlfriend knows you're really handsome. And when you met her, you know, there probably was other women that were probably trying to get noticed by you. And that's never going to stop because an attractive woman or attractive man, they can't control that. Mm-hmm. You know, the type of energy and the flirt, the flirtatious nature that other people may present to you without it be unsolicited. But it becomes a problem once you know, you and that person become exclusive and it's like, I don't know. You just always you I mean, they could flirt, but you don't turn it down. You're just always doing this. And it's like, hmm, now it's a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's the same way when it comes to something or somebody like Tom, where Tom is the the tall, handsome quarterback that's forty five, that's still playing, and that hasn't been done in a very he's the oldest he's got a new stat every other week. You know, yeah. the, the oldest quarterback to throw this many touchdowns, the oldest quarterback to do this or that, and the third. And I think that this is a new chapter in his life. I think that Tom Brady, and I, I hope to God this doesn't happen, Tom Brady might have to get hit so motherfucking hard that it ends his career. But he, it's, his competitiveness is what has him back playing. Mm-hmm. Like men have an ego. You think it's easy for Tom Brady to sit on? He's already, okay, he starts his career just competing with his contemporaries, who he's playing with now. Right. Working to be better than Peyton Manning or working to be, then that's done. It's, it's, it's solid. been done for years. Yeah, that's done. Everybody knows Tom Brady's the best in the game. Now I'm competing with history. Yeah. Now I'm competing with history where, you know, is he better than Joe Montana, Dan Marino, all these yeah. guys. He's going for that. But then he tries to retire, go home, sit on the couch, and you hear about these kids, Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen, or mm. could they be the next Tom Brady? Are they going to catch Tom Brady when it's been Super Bowl? So now he's sitting on his couch like, well, damn, let me come back and put this out of reach. Mm. So I feel like Tom Brady, the whole time he, he's been competing with his current, mm. then he was competing with the past. Now he's also being driven with the competition of these future kids to show you, like, hey, look, man, yeah, old man still got it. Don't don't play with me, Pat Mahomes or whoever mm-hmm. else, Josh Allen. Yeah. yeah, Tom is so good. Uh, no bullshit. Tom is so good. It might literally take another fifty years for another quarterback to have a comparable career. It may never happen. Yeah, but he is know. he at seven or eight rings. Uh, fuck. You know, it's a lot when we start losing count. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot, man. Like it's crazy. Like and, f- and f- football is the hardest sport to win a ring in. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. Basketball about that. is easy to. Well, baseball. Multiple rings. Baseball, baseball is can fucking be hard. Baseball. Baseball is hard. Like, yeah, but think about how great a guy like Peyton Manning is to only win two. Aaron Rodgers got one. Mm-hmm. Dan Marino has none. Mm-hmm. Like Joe Montana and Tom Brady are like in the class of their own as far. But then Joe Montana won all his rings with. One team mm-hmm. yeah, with a great over. supporting cast, great mm-hmm. receivers, the and same he got coach. Kicked out when he was too old. Yeah, he sure did. Yeah, Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay and winning outside of Bill Belichick and never having the same team. Never, if he had mm-hmm. Randy Moss his whole career and mm-hmm. Bill Belichick, mm-hmm. that's same as Joe Montana having Jerry Rice and Bill Walsh. Tom his. Brady is so great that I don't think he's going to retire after this year. I think that his contract's going to be up with the Bucks, and he's going to recreate a, another culture somewhere else. If he do that, and I think that the team, <laughs> I think the team that he might do it with, um, potentially it could end up being like the Saints, or it could end up being it ain't going to be the Niners because our coach is too ignorant to get Tom. Tom, wherever Tom goes, he has to run the show. 
You better come get that Silicon Valley money and, and <laughs> it with the Niners and go ahead and. He not going to do it. He, he not going go to do it. The, he might go to the Raiders. Oh, God. Because he wants a challenge. They might get Derek Carr out of there. If he go to the Raiders, if he went to the Raiders, I hate to say it, but no one's really successful there. Yeah, that's why if he does <laughs> if it, he, it's could, cr- he could do it though. Tom Brady is like, okay, there's about three athletes who are you do not bet against ever. Right? Yeah, you you bet with them, and if you lose, you just live with it because you know because you're gonna be mad. You, you don't bet against Michael Jordan, Michael obviously. Jordan, Floyd, Floyd, exactly, mm-hmm. and Tom Brady. Do not mm-hmm. bet against them ever. Yeah. Wow. I'm looking at some scores right now. Niners fucking up. They down ten to three <clears throat> to the Chargers. They tripping. Oh man. Uh, the Raiders lost again. God damn, they sorry. At this point, the Raiders might as well start our OnlyFans. These niggas is trash. <laughs> Jeez, In man. The last twelve years, they God like three thousand. <laughs> they like seven and three thousand. <laughs> yeah, the Vikings are they balling out, man? They're balling out right now. Fuck, the Eagles balling out, too. They play tomorrow night. They still undefeated? Who, the Eagles? Mm-hmm. I think so. Let me see. Eagles is flying eight and these are, They 8-0. Oh, fuck. And the Raiders called Rich Gannon and asked, did he want his job back? <laughs> <laughs> no, Tom Brady's down in Tampa uh, killing it. Mm-hmm. Yo, you, you think about what happens with the Raiders when they get these big players. They got Randy Moss on the most fucked his career up until he went to the Patriots after that. Ain't that they, crazy? They doing the same thing to fucking Adams right now. Devontae Adams. Adams going to have to go to Adams is going to have to team up with Tom Brady somewhere else. The, I don't know. The Raiders just need a whole rebrand. Yeah, they do. That They need to change the colors and everything. Mm-hmm. Just ditch the whole Raider team, outfit. Yeah. You know, I like the Oilers is with the Texans now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, or not the Titans, is it? That's Tennessee Titans. Yeah, Tennessee Titans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just need to change the name, the city, everything. They are, well, they, in, well, they are in Vegas, so they got, mm-hmm. I don't know what they call them, the Vegas, the uh, Las Vegas slots. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> Las Vegas clits. <laughs> okay. <laughs> They're getting smashed out there. <laughs> they can't, they can't put the ball in the end zone. <laughs> They are beating the hell out of those clits today. <laughs> They're going in and out of there. They're going balls deep in the clits. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Switching gears. Um, recently, with the, a few weeks ago, my co-host Keith here, he kind of put things in perspective for me. And he kind of like, in that moment, he like checked me in a brotherly, friendly way. He said, "I was because sometimes I'll get caught up in saying things about myself that are kind of reductive and I don't even realize it. It'll be like, man, look, I'm not the smartest person in the world, but I know it's better to do that. And he'll be like, that's just pointless conversation. You shouldn't be speaking about yourself in a disempowering way to make a point. Because what happens is if you do that enough, you start to believe that shit. And that's not good. You know, Um, not only that, it's like, you don't have to front or be fake about anything. It's just the fact that when you reduce yourself enough, you might get in a situation where you want to have a conversation, but you've talked yourself out of being smart enough to be speaking in a certain conversation. Mm-hmm. And that's it's detrimental long term. Mm-hmm. Like it's like a woman saying, like, look, I may not be Miss America, but I'm not that bad. Look, whatever. Like, that's just nonsense. Mm-hmm. It's just a waste of conversation to do that. And Keith was right. It is disempowering. Mm-hmm. Because, like, for example, we want to turn this podcast into one of the most listened to podcasts in America, right? And the thing about it is if I said, like, 
Look, it'll never be the most listened to podcast in America, but hopefully we could do okay. Why would you even say that? <laughs> Why would you speak those things into existence? Because your thoughts and your words become things eventually. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts can become things. So since you understand that, you need to watch your fucking mouth <clears throat> and you need to watch how you talk about yourself. Don't and also don't be the person that's kind and nice. You speak to everybody fine and you 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 treat everybody respectful. But you don't even respect yourself. Yeah. Like, what's the point of being kind to everybody when you're not even kind to yourself? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm not that smart. Oh, I'm not that pretty. Oh, I don't look this good. Oh, I don't got that. I don't got that car. But it's like, stop, bro. Mm-hmm. It's it's. You can recognize something may need improvement or whatever the case, but you don't have to slander your own character to do that. Yeah, a lot of our. A lot of our insecurities come from, like, the way we communicate about ourselves. Right, right. You know, like, even, you know, especially with women, you know, in terms of, like, them looking at it, them looking at Instagram or whatever, thinking they're less than than, than lesser than than other women that are on there and all these things. And it's, it's really just a conversation that they're having with themselves. And, you know, if we're able to practice, and it doesn't have to be... Um, you know, I'm I'm the baddest girl in the world. Or I'm the most beautiful person ever. Just like just positive statements about yourself um, can really change the way you you actually view yourself. And I think, you know, in terms of like what Eddie was talking about, like one day he was um, he was saying like, yo, I have bad genetics. So I haven't um, you know, I haven't been able to drop weight as fast as I want to and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I was just telling him like. You know, there is some science and research behind that statement, but at the same time, like you're just speaking it, you're speaking to yourself in a disempowering way. You are. You know, you can change that narrative and just say like, I'm going to work hard and I'm going to lose weight. And that's, you could leave the statement at that. That's it. But um, yeah, it's just a lot of the times, you know, our, our word is extremely powerful. Um, our word, our word is like essentially all you have, you know what I mean? Right. Um, it's, it, and that quote, is everywhere in terms of like you know it's in the bible yes it's in you know i'm sure every other you know um historically great literature book and um you know i think that i think that a lot of people don't realize like some of those conversations and some of those conversations are only you know highlighted by somebody else you know speaking to you about it like yo like you excuse me like like uh i remember once um, my guy, uh, Nam, he was like, yo, man, I see you out there. You're doing your thing. And, you know, sometimes we be like to be humble. Like, yo, I'm trying, man. I'm I'm just out here. I'm just doing my thing. He's like, no, you're not trying. Like, you're actually doing. And I was like, yeah, I am doing. Like, I'm, re- I'm really out right, here like, doing right. my thing. So um, I think just sometimes, like, we just got to be very mindful of our word. And I think another point that I was thinking about, too, like, a lot of times, you know, with the, with the black community, um, a lot of us, we have that same conversation. You know, I can't get no house because of this. I can't get no good mm-hmm. job because of this. My mom did this to me, so I've been struggling ever since. And you know, uh, they ain't got no ain't no jobs for black people out here. Like I hear this by a lot of people, and yes, you know, some of the, some of the statements are you know they are true. Like it's it's difficult to get a job. You know, when you um, when your name look a certain way and. You know, statistics show if your hair look a certain way, it might might be more difficult to get a job. But what we also know is that there is an example of very successful black people. Like mm-hmm. we just talked about Jay Z and Kanye and all these people are uh, P Diddy. Yeah, you know, black billionaires. Um, so 
it's it's possible. You know what I mean? So yeah. why not curate the conversation and start sounding like it's possible mm-hmm. versus, you know, all these other, you know, it's all these laws are preventing us from doing this and doing that. And it's difficult for black people to thrive. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, albeit like Kanye West is having a manic episode right now, but I think that... um in terms of like some of those conversations, I think that that's what he was trying to articulate, but he just didn't say it that well. It's like mm. it's just the mindset that we have. Like we gotta get out of that mindset that we can't do anything because we, as long as we breathing, as long as there's no laws prohibiting anything, we have the physical capabilities 100%. to go go there's, make something happen. There's two things. <clears throat> there's the one where okay, first of all, nothing, none of these things we say about ourselves are ever based in fact. Mm-hmm. It's all. It's usually something subjective. So when the girls say, mm. uh, "I don't look as good as Miss America," you might be talking to a person who thinks you look way better than Miss America. Mm. So there's point. there's no fact in that. Um, but it's also too to we sometimes are afraid that we won't achieve what it is we're trying to achieve. So we put the excuse out there early mm. to get to get ahead of it. Yeah. So like if Eddie says, you know, my genetics won't allow me to. Now mm-hmm. when now if I don't reach my goal, I already let y'all know it's my genetics that did it. Mm. Instead of just saying like no matter what, I'm gonna do it. Mm. Um, if I don't go get that job or that career I want, I already let y'all know I'm black in America. It's tough. So I already yeah. told y'all. Mm-hmm. Okay, even though as Keith said, there's plenty of examples of people who've already done it. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing we do is we are afraid of expectations. So we try to lower them before we tell you what we're going to tell you. So Mm. again, when you say, I'm not the smartest person in the world, but right there, I'm letting you know, I'm about to say something that I believe. And if I'm wrong, I already told you, I'm not the smartest person Mm. in the world. Mm. Or it's like when people cook for you, you know, I'm not the best cook in the world, but this is my, this is my Mm -hmm. macaroni and cheese. Mm. Now, number one, by lowering your expectations, if your macaroni and cheese is disgusting, won't nobody say them because you already told me. Or if it is good, now you got to exceed expectations, which makes you feel even, which makes you feel even better. Great point. So I think that we we do that a lot. We try to like because even people ask me about coming to a comedy show. Like, are you funny? Mm-hmm. And instead of just being like, "Yeah, I'm funny," like da 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 da, like being like. Because, well, one, you don't want to come off as arrogant. Right. But you also don't want to tell them, like, yeah, man, you ever seen Eddie Murphy? Nothing compared to me. <laughs> oh, man. Like, you don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. And then they get there, and then you were just, you were good, but you already didn't tell them. Yeah. They was expecting, like, the greatest ever. Yeah. And then you was just good, the best in the room that night. I'm trying to figure what's the best way to come at that. Somebody says, are you good about that? I'd be like, hey, you know what? I'll let you determine that. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. That's usually yeah. what I say. Like, you just got to come to the show and see. Because, yeah. again, mm-hmm. these things are subjective. You're going to decide. Right. Literally yeah. 100 people in a row could have told you, like, mm-hmm. yo, that is the best shirt I've ever seen. Shirt design, hat design, right. whatever. Right. And then that one person be like, bro, that is horrible. Yeah. 100%. It's yeah. all, like, if it's not based in fact, then create your own I th- reality. I think we don't realize it, but sometimes we're trying to, like, navigate the perception of how, like how we're perceived when we do this shit we don't realize it like it'll be like look i'm not the smartest person in the world so if somebody does get the information and it may be off it's kind of like i'm not that smart anyways yeah mm-hmm. and you already told them and that's not okay yeah that's that's really not okay i've done that a million times but it becomes very common when you've done it over and over over again 
And as your self-awareness starts to rise and the people around when your self-awareness goes up, the people around you change. And those people tend to think more like you, not yeah. in, not in an echo chamber type way, but in a way like, hey, Eddie, you said that that's like not true. Like, I disagree with that. People that push back on you, people that tell you like, hey, like, stop talking bad about yourself. Normally, if you're around a bunch of people who don't have any trajectory in life, they're they're not very productive. They won't push back on anything because they ain't shit. Mm-hmm. But they also, too, are your those are your real friends, the ones that won't tolerate you. Because you, right. you didn't tell Keith, Keith, you're not the smartest person in the world. Mm-hmm. You said that about yourself. Keith very easily could have let that slide. But because mm-hmm. Keith genuinely cares about you, he's like, hey, right. watch your mouth when you're talking about, when you're talking about my friend. <laughs> <laughs> you, you my friend, and you can't even talk about him like that. Watch your oh, mouth. Yeah. Watch your, your tone type stuff. So, yeah. Uh, your circle should hold you accountable for your words because yeah. the right thinking type of person understands like, yo, words are everything. You can, We can't sit here. You yeah. guys can't sit on this podcast and say, you know, we're going to try to be the number one podcast in America. You can't no, do that. No, one day we're going to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Try is not an, an option. We're going to keep going until we do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you don't think like this, there's a problem because we're all going to die someday. Yeah. You know, we're not getting any younger. We have to do the, the groundwork to get there. So when you say, like, oh, I don't know about this, don't be nonchalant about it. Put that shit out there because you know you're going to do it. You've been doing it. Do it. Yeah. Do yeah. it. That also changes your approach. Yes. Because, again, the, the idea of, uh, okay, the, the genetics example, mm-hmm. that changes the way you approach working out or, it or dieting because it's like, well, I'm going to go ahead and diet and work out and, you know, due to my genetics, I might be wasting my time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whereas if you like, you know what, no matter what, I'm going to do it. It's like I'm doing it and I'm staying disciplined until it works. Right. And that like shift changes like the intention you pursue something with. I think yeah. that I think the statement I made had merit, but it was also wrong. And here's what I mean. When I was 29, I went on a cut and I lost a good amount of weight. Yeah. And I got down to probably like 220 something, 230. I was looking really good. But as you do get older, your metabolism slow down. So does your um, your uh, testosterone. Yeah. Right. You stop producing it. So you're up against more when you're in your late 30s, mm-hmm. which is a fact. But can you still lose the weight? Yes. Yeah. And genetics were already a factor before. But whatever you got, you can always improve. You have to learn how to do it. Mm-hmm. But the conversation <clears throat> in general is meaningless. Yeah, it's a meaningless conversation. Like all oh, my genetics is, you know, you just have to finagle and work around it. Mm-hmm. You have to diet. You have to, you know, whether it's you know raising carbs, lowering carbs, figuring out your macros, figuring out your caloric deficit or surplus. There's a science to it, but the conversation that I had was pointless. Mm-hmm. It's not progressive. It's not yeah. a progressive conversation. It's not helping anything. You're just highlighting something that's not positive about yourself. And you bringing it and putting it on the table for nothing. Yeah. It's like saying the sky is blue. Yeah. And it's like, okay. Right, you know, exactly. Like, what does that have to do with anything else? It has to do nothing else. Yeah. I think um, one of the things that I uh, I started doing is, like, like sharing things without, um, like without an asterisk next to it. Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of times what will happen if you're in a space of, like, creating... Um, Let's say you did a skit or something like that, and you, and you you're uh, it might be in a rough edit or something like that, 
and then you 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 send it to somebody to get some feedback and you're like, yo, it's not done yet. You know, I haven't put all the color grading and all that on it. Um, but yeah, check it out. Let me know what you think. And I think that's kind of similar, like in that way mm. where we're kind of like setting it, we're setting it up. So it's like, you know, you're kind of setting up the expectation. Yeah. And sometimes like people will know, like people will know if, if it's not a finished product, they could be like, oh, okay, I see that you're still working on it. Yeah. But you kind of like, you kind of like, um, you know, like needing it in a, in a way where it's like, yeah. you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to uh, get no real backlash from, you know, right. criticism. Yeah. So it yeah. it is, it's just, uh, and this even like we were, I'm in this, this uh, seminar talking about money and it was the same, the same thing. Like, you know, um, they were basically saying like, you want to have only empowering conversations around money. You know, mm-hmm. think about the way that we talk about money all the time. Like, Especially growing up, you know, with our parents telling us like, "Well, oh, we don't. I don't got enough money for that. Right. I can't afford that. I can't afford that. Put that back." All these and all that stuff is like in our head. And sometimes what yeah. will happen is like, when you are successful, when you do have money in your bank, and you start to really, um, you know, save money, and you want some of the finer things in life, that that conversation is in the back of your head. Like, oh, I can't afford that. I'm not even gonna look at that. Mm. Yeah. So. Instead, of, instead of asking questions like. How can I afford that? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. it's possible, but sometimes asking how you gonna get it is is a better question than just flat out saying I can't. Like, don't make statements. Ask questions. Mm-hmm. Right. We yeah. we out here making statements all the time. Mm-hmm. I can't afford that. She had never liked me. Yeah. 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 You just Definitely. don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that eliminates the pursuit automatically. Right. Out the gate. You just not even gonna try. Yeah. And then what? Well, the here's the scary part. You're turning it into a definite statement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you're like. She'll never like me. Nigga, what what are you talking about? You might be her exact type, which like you don't yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or she'll, his or his exact type. If you know. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And you never know. You say she'll never like me. That's false. What if you, you know, you lose some weight, you know, you you, you clean yourself up a little bit, you get financially stable, you get a nice house, car, things of that nature, and she might spin the block. Or what if you don't do any of that? You just Talk to her because sometimes people, right? sometimes will, people will like you based on like this last person literally verbally abused me, and all you do is uplift me. Mm. You you filled you filled the space where I was hurting. I didn't mm. even need nobody's money. I, I have right. my own career. Right, I got my own everything. I don't need you to look a certain way. Right, or not, or actually, you know what? I prefer. A, a little huskier dude. I don't even mm-hmm. like muscles and all that type of stuff. You know where the clitoris is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not in Charlotte. <laughs> uh, so you just never know. Like, don't ever count yourself out before you even like get yeah. in, the, in the game. Yeah, man. we have to. We just have to like experience life. Because sometimes, like you, you we'll talk ourselves out of situations. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it happens this, all the time. Yeah, I'm not going. This person ain't going to work with me. Like you know, and I, I know it happens a lot of times with us as, as far as like content creators and comedians and stuff. Like we may want to reach out to a certain person, be like, oh, they. I know mm-hmm. for sure they're not going to respond to my DM. I know they're not going, you know, answer my phone call. I know they're not going to want me to open up for them or whatever the case may be. But you know. We just have to. We just have to learn to experience life and then live with the results. Because they they might say no. That girl might not want to date you. But at the end of the day, you don't know until she says yes or no. And all you're gonna do is return to where you was at before you asked the question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're still gonna be alive. Like you literally. Okay, now I'm now I'm still single. She said yeah. no. Yeah. Or now I'm still, you know, 
doing whatever I was doing before he mm-hmm. said no in that DM. Mm-hmm. And then oftentimes, too, you find out that these people was waiting for somebody to approach them. Yeah. Like that, that, that entrepreneur was waiting. He's like, man, I wish somebody would ask me for all this knowledge I got. Yeah. I yeah. actually, they find it very flattering. Like they, they're so honored that, like, wow, you want to learn from me? Yeah. yeah. Not only that, dude, like sometimes I have not daydreams, but I have this idea or I guess you could say the foresight to um, how I'm going to conduct myself when I come across somebody that may be um, beneficial to, you know, our podcasting career. Somebody mm-hmm. I see out, if I see Charlemagne at the airport, if I see such and such, mm-hmm. how I'm going to, you know, how I'm going to approach them. Because the reason why these things are important is because when those situations fall on your lap, you could cease up in, yeah. in nervousness if you don't have an idea of how you're going to approach that. So I think it takes a certain amount of confidence to be like, hey, you know, you know, I'm going to play it through my mind. Hey, I don't want to hold you. I don't want to hold you. know, I know you got places to go, but this is what I'm working on here. Or, hey, I'm, do you have a moment? I don't want to hold you, you know. Yeah. And then present whatever you're going to present <clears throat> to them in a very quick and Damn, somebody always got some shit going on. You could, you could present to them in a very quick and professional way that yeah. shows them that you're serious about X and Y, asking certain questions. And then from that point forward, you could build relationships that way. But if you come in somebody like you selling CDs in a Walmart parking lot, Mm-hmm. That's hey, not gonna man, go my man, my man, my man, my man. <laughs> like yeah. that's not gonna get you very far, man. Like yeah. I, I literally think about this all the time. Like who we're going to run into. DJ could be in LA somewhere and he could be doing a show mm-hmm. and he leaves the show and all of a sudden Cat Williams walks up to him. Hey man, that was a good job, man. What's your socials? What's your what's your Instagram? You yeah. know, what's what's going on? Oh, I, I listened to your podcast, you and your wife, man. It was a good job. Yeah. You don't know. Where you're gonna be, and when these things are gonna happen, but you need to prepare your mind for them before you get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't think most people talk about that, but I think that's also an important thing. And you have to have the confidence to stand up in those moments and say, "Hey, I'm gonna go for it." Even yeah. if they say, "Hey, man, I'm, I don't really want to talk right now." Hey, God bless you. Have a good day. Yeah, yeah. we did this um, thing, and I don't practice it a lot. I need, I need to start practicing it more, like putting it in my schedule. But um, mm-hmm. we call it mirror mirror work. Mm-hmm. Where you just um, develop ideas or just like communicate with the with the person in the mirror, and I don't know what it is, but it does something to way it, like the way it resonates with you, where you can mm-hmm. kind of like prepare for those type of conversations. Like if you if you got an interview, or if you know you going to, you know you know you're gonna be in a space where you might run into, you know you might be at the LAX or something like that, and you just kind of develop these um, these things. It's also a good way to like to practice like delivering uh jokes and stuff like that mm. just delivering them in the mirror because i don't know it just i don't know how or what the science is behind it but it kind of resonates with your soul a little bit differently mm. so yeah i think it just like having those like running by those uh or running those conversations through your mind before you have them is just a powerful way to be ready for, for yes, but sir. it also you also it go back to what you said in the beginning about how you talk to yourself yes because when you have a conversation in your mind you're talking to yourself. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you, it needs to be positive and it needs to be something that builds your confidence because to even approach that person in the airport when you see them mm. is going to take supreme confidence in yourself. Fuck yeah. Because you yeah. got to be able to walk up and say like, hey, look, I got the truck. Hey, Charlemagne, been watching you for a while. I got the Truck is Mine podcast. This is what we do. And we believe that we, 
you know, deserve or will be the top podcast in America one day. Like, 100%. you got to... And it's not mm-hmm. even arrogant. It's such confidence in your, like it's you real. say, your preparation. Right. I'm not saying this because I just think I'm dope. I'm saying this because I put the work in. Yeah. yeah. And I see, I've seen my growth mm-hmm. and I know where I'm at. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Another thing, too, is, is, is depending on where you meet them, I've also played in my mind, you know, I want to offer something off the back. So, yeah. for example, if you're in line and I'm in line, I'm like, hey, let me take care of that for you. Yeah. You know? Let me have, you know, get a moment of your time. I'll pay for whatever you want to eat at this little airport lunch room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Offering them something and not holding them hostage like you're trying to pitch them something. You you could tell by a person's face when they're disinterested or interested. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. like don't drag it into the ground. Have a business card ready. If you're at the airport, have some merch ready. Have some hats on hand. Have some shirts on hand. Offer them something that makes it more memorable because you got to understand these are people that are always being pitched something. Yeah. And you have to stand out and not stand out in a fake way, in an organic, real way. Like, this is really who you are. I'm presenting the product to you. Here you go. God bless you. Have a good day. It might not be a week later. It may not be two, three months later. All of a sudden, Charlemagne following you. Yeah. Yeah. I think the thing about it, too, is like, Reps give you confidence. 100%. Like, I can remember the first time, like, trying to catch a football, and I just dropped it. And then you realize, like, through repetition, you that's why get they on move the you jug. To, that's why they move you to DB. <laughs> Truthfully, he got a point. <laughs> <laughs> they put that nigga on defense, yo. Anyways. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you just you just like this through repetition, just like so, you know, if you're having these conversations, you know, and um with yourself or whatever in any capacity, that's just like reps and reps and reps. So when the moment comes, you know, you're always going to be better on the 20th rep than you are on the first rep. 100%. Mhm. Yeah, uh, you mentioned reps. Before we move on because we're going to wrap it up after this real quick, but um that we talked about that product uh 409 Mm-hmm. That was 409 trials. Mm-hmm. They got it right once. Mm-hmm. Right? That's all you, that's that's all you, all you need to do, do is get yeah. it right once. Mm-hmm. If I lose to you 40 times, let's say we in a boxing match, mm-hmm. and you beat me up 40 times on that 41st time and I whoop your ass, I whooped your ass. You hear mm-hmm. that, Deontay Wilder? Now you get back in that ring with Tyson. <laughs> Yo, Deontay, just let him win. Deontay ain't got no brain cells left, man. <laughs> yeah, I feel yeah. I'm scared for his post. Uh, Post boxing like, career, I was, uh, I, I was I was a great fighter. Yeah, that nigga gonna turn into E forty. Yeah, man. <laughs> I, thought was, I thought you was doing Tasmanian devil. That. <laughs> no, it more closer to Taz. <laughs> Taz, Taz is illiterate. Yeah, but yeah, man. All right, let's move on from this. Switching gears, I'm gonna wrap it up here. Uh, generalizations are a cop out. Um, basically, what I've noticed about people. Is they'll if something is wrong, they'll literally generalize women. Like, man, this dating scene is terrible. Women is like this. All they do is this. All women do is this. All do. But I know that's a lie. First of all, because I know all women aren't like that. And I also can look at examples of you know, you know, people that my friends are married to. I have friends that are married to some awesome women. Mm-hmm. They're very caring, very kind. Actually, I was uh, at my homie's uh, his son's birthday party yesterday. His mm-hmm. wife is awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, she 
organized the whole thing. Very nice, very respectful to everybody. She made the food, shook everybody's hands, made sure everybody was comfortable. Just mm-hmm. nice, kind, decent women. So when I see these women, nigga, I know you're a liar. <laughs> All women are not like that. Yeah, You just suck, and your pool of women you're choosing from are comparable to you because you suck. Mm-hmm. That's the truth. Yeah. But people do this because it allows them to live in their excuse. Man, I all white people racist. I don't trust white people, man. All they want to do is keep you down, man. The white man doing this is like, well, you haven't had a job in two years. Ain't no white person stopping you from not working. You just choose to not have a job, mm-hmm. motherfucker. That's why yeah. your ass ain't mm-hmm. got a job. It ain't a white person standing outside your house like, you can't work today. No, you didn't get a job. Yeah. But yeah. these generalizations and, and these excuses allow us to be stagnant. And it's the perfect excuse. You know what? I will get a job, but I ain't trying to work to make some white man rich. You know, you know, it's I had like, this. What? I had this. Um, I learned that recently, too. Like, um, it's like uh, I had this script on this uh, on this website. <clears throat> it's called The Blacklist. And. um it was on there, and I got um, it's a rating out of ten, and I got a six out of ten mm-hmm. the first time, and then I submitted it again, and I got like a five out of ten on the second try, and um, basically I lived in that like a narrative, right? My and the narrative was like, um, oh, they don't get it. Mm-hmm. Like this is a black movie, like you know, it's a hood drama. Dr- hood drama. They just don't understand it. It's a bunch of people that are reading these scripts, and they only like the artsy films, or they only like the Hollywood uh, type of film. And I like I generalized the whole like that whole organization, mm-hmm. and what it did is absolve me from actually making my script better. Mm. So I was just living in that, like you know, this is this is the greatest thing ever. But when I got out of my own way, I realized like, yo, they weren't like. They might not understand the the world, but I'm like, um, Boys in the Hood was like premiered at Cannes Film Festival, right? And right. that's like the most prestigious film festival in the world. And when the movie stood up, they gave it like a standing ovation. So I'm like, it's not the genre of the film. It's just like, I got to work on the second act there of my you script. Go. You know what I mean? And I, so I, I completely understand like that world that you're talking about. The, the thing is, because I experienced something similar with my now wife. Um, when you are challenged, that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. It's a challenge. Mm. So challenges are made to make you feel uncomfortable. Mm. And when we get uncomfortable as a defense, we say, you just don't get it. Or you exactly. don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Or, right. th- instead of, like you say, it, it sometimes it takes time. That's your um, initial response. That's what you felt in the very moment. Like mm-hmm. six out of 10, they just don't get it. They, mm-hmm. But once you get time to calm down and then, mm-hmm like receive what's being said to you right then you can with a clear mind say you know what um let me just take this as a challenge and let me actually act on what right. is being presented to me mm-hmm. because these people get nothing out of hating on me 100 percent, yeah my, my like <laughs> right when, when i'm talking to my girl she's challenging me she's not challenging me to hate on me she's right. challenging me because in fact she she loves me right so Yes, I'm going to give pushback because you've made me feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then people, you wrote this script. The reason you submitted this script is because you loved it. You felt like, all right, that's it right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then it comes back with an even lower score than the first time. And now you really offended. Like what? Now yeah. y'all don't know what y'all talking about. Yeah. Once you're able mm-hmm. to receive it, 
you act on the challenge and then you make it better till one day you get a 10 out of 10. Yeah. And then you can sit back with 2020 vision, hindsight, obviously, mm-hmm. and say, dang, I'm glad y'all gave me that five and that six out of 10 because this 10 out of 10, y'all right. This is way better. It's way better than you the, pushed me exactly, past my limit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and that's like because my goal, right, is to win an Oscar or whatever the case may be. And I, what I realize is like it's just not. It's not on that level as of as of right now. So they were just giving me and you're paying the service. I mean, you're paying uh, for them to give you that type of feedback. But in my mind, I'm like, nigga, y'all tripping. Like, I didn't come here to get feedback. I came here to get a 10 out of 10. You came here to get a reassurance. Yeah, exactly. uh, Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. We we want we want affirmation of our uh, of our BS. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you don't want somebody. uh, you know, you don't want somebody to actually tell you the truth. 100%. Yeah. And you, yeah. you ready to argue. You're trying to win an Oscar, but you've never won an Oscar, so you don't know how. So you're about to argue with the people who do. Yeah, 100%. Exactly. <laughs> and yeah. as far as like a marriage is concerned or that type of scenario, iron sharpens iron. So yeah. I wouldn't want my wife out here looking fucking stupid. I'd be like, hey, don't do that. You don't look right doing that. You're yeah. better than that. You know, whatever the case. If uh, people that don't care about you watch you fuck up and say nothing. They'll let your breath stink. They'll let everything. <laughs> <laughs> won't tell you. They'll let everything go just awry and say nothing. They don't give a fuck. But the people who love you the most may offend you, but it's not. They're not trying to. They want you to be better. There was about yeah, it's fact. It's about over eight years ago before I started trucking, and um, uh, one of my really close homegirls, she was telling me, "Man, you got to get out of that place. You're not making any money there. You could do better than that." And I thought it was coming from a place of judgment, like, "Oh, because you're doing better now, you want to tell me what I need to do?" No, it's because she's seen more potential in me than being at that old job, yeah. not making any money. And not doing better for myself. And she stated that because she wanted me to do better as a friend. Not because she was judging me. But, you know, you look back in hindsight, like, people just want you to be better when they're actually trying to push you. Yeah. You know, but sometimes we're in different spots in life. Sometimes we're in a spot in life where we're stagnant and there are people around us that are slowly ascending. And they start to see a better world for the world for themselves. And they'll make a comment at you, but you feel like they're commenting down on you. Yeah. They're You're not hearing com- it differently. You're so hearing she's it differently. saying like, hey, you should get out of there. But we hearing it like, you judging me because you a nurse now? Or right. you judging me because you got a six-figure job pay, now? Right. Pay, but you also pay attention to who the information or the criticism or whatever is coming from Mm -hmm. because that can uh, help you with how you receive it or the intent. So, like, Mm -hmm. with the girl, that's like, if you know this girl is a really close friend of mine, Yes, she doesn't want to hurt me. Right. Just on the very very surface level, I know for a fact, well, she don't want to hurt me. So then what she's saying to me can't possibly be to hurt me. Let me listen to it differently. Yeah. you know what I'm saying? So like that's what I had to do with with my uh, with my girls. There like you go. she's not coming from a place of like wanting to see me stay in this spot. Mm. So let me actually listen to what's being said and like really listen, not just hear what she said and get and get offended. Like, well, you're not a comedian. You don't know what you're talking about. What do you mean my stage presence could be better? You heard them people in there laughing. She's not thinking about the people in this mm-hmm. room laughing. She's mm-hmm. thinking about what they gonna laugh at though when you go to a room where don't nobody know you. Yeah, 100%. That's mm-hmm. a great point. And sometimes um, we comprehend that message that we get from people differently depending on our state of mind. 
Yeah. We may think like, what does this person know about comedy? I've been doing this before I even met her or mm-hmm. whatever the case. And it's like, you don't need to be reductive of that person. In that moment, you need to say, okay, let me see if there's merit to this. Actually, let me go back to the video. Let me go back to the video and see, oh, okay. So I was speaking to this side of the room, but I turned right away from him and started speaking to the other side. Yeah, You can start picking yourself apart in a good way. Just to make, you have to make sure that you're weeding out all of your excuses and all of your not wanting to be offended, and try to find the the nuance and the legitimate the, the legitimacy in a person's statement. Because yeah. if not, you just a motherfucker. You have you ever seen a person that stank every day? They always musty. <laughs> they always stank. Like none of your friends told you that you stank, man. Like nobody told you in your you life. Need new friends. You need new friends. Your butt Dang. smells. That should be a test. Somebody should just walk through the function musty. And if don't nobody tell you nothing, you got to change your circle. You're going to be like, all right, all right. (laughs) So nobody told you you smell like cigarettes and regret? (laughs) You just walk around this motherfucker like that? On on the flip side, though, what you just said, that's why it's so important as friends, again, like on the last topic, it's so important as friends to be honest with your friends. Don't don't talk behind their back or keep it to yourself. Yeah. Because they literally don't know. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. it... Always be up front. Like if you if you watch this podcast and you're a fan of uh, you know, Eddie and Keith, it's not a crime to say like, Hey man, I love y'all. Right. I think y'all should try this. They may never try it, but you now yeah. have put a bug in the air that they might review and be like, Oh, we should try that. A hundred percent. And then your reception should never be like like me, I'm like you can say like 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 for me, I'm doing comedy. I can say like, oh, this person don't do comedy. They just don't get it. Or y'all can say this person don't do podcasts. They don't get it. When truthfully, they don't have their own podcast, but they watch hundreds of podcasts in their life mm-hmm. and have seen it done so many ways that they can look and be like, yo, mm-hmm. I seen this before. You should try this. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes that 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 opinion from the consumer is more valuable than because who you else know, do you person. do it for? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. We're not comedians for like. Our friends, right? We no. want to make the world laugh, or we want 100%. to make the world listen to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've definitely taken like, I remember this girl had. Um, I did one show with Tyson, and uh, she was like, "You just look nervous up there. Like you, you got to make." She, I think she said this like, "You got to make love to the audience," and I was just like, "Man." Shut up. I she was like, man, there's dudes in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Making love to no audience. But <laughs> I in, retro- no dick. <laughs> in retrospect, <laughs> like, I, you know, similar to what your girl, I mean, your wife was saying, like, I think that that's like when people see like they're like genuinely appreciate you or they're, you know, they see the potential in you. It's um, we got to listen for that instead of listening to just argue with them or try to be try to be right in those moments. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, you do. I say this. There's and I've mentioned this before on the podcast. We'll close it out here. But I seen this thing on on TikTok of women coming, uh, basically having stories about men like not wiping their butt right. It, mm-hmm. It's it became a trend on TikTok. It's really crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about how you know the dude didn't wipe right or he smelled bad or whatever the case. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself like this is embarrassing that so many women could come to a, a social media platform. And have stories about dudes like having doo doo in their drawers, and it's just nasty. And it's a real trend on TikTok. Yeah. The first thing I thought about when I heard that, who the fuck are these guys' friends? Somebody in all those years knew you smelled like shit, or they knew you was doing something you wasn't supposed to do. 
Like yeah. as a friend, you should be like, man, your breath smells. Like, but as a girlfriend, but don't, the girl. Don't, yeah, don't say don't come to TikTok. Yeah, because the the smell the smell of the doodle in the drawers might not leave the body. <laughs> well, no, no, but no. You're the only person that get to see my drawers. These are past tense stories. Oh, they're past tense for. <laughs> but men. I guess what I'm what I think we're pointing to is like, you know, that conversation on uh, TikTok is cool as long as you've told your man's like, yo, like we might have to get some wet wipes. Cause you still leaving some doo doo behind. Yeah, <laughs> you still leaving some doo doo in the past. Me personally, I came in the relationship with wife. You need to start harboring all this doo doo. You talk yeah. to your therapist. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh man, yeah, good times. Oh man, that's all I got. <laughs> leaving doo doo in the past. That's a crazy way to. That's the end, ain't it? That's a crazy way to end it. <laughs> We need a sponsor. Like, really, if this is just my personal opinion, mm-hmm. if you don't have wet wipes or bidet, you kind of halfway wiping your ass. Yeah, if you're out here dry. I ain't going to front. I was with the regular wipes. One time I was wiping for a good 12 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Still doodoo back here? Yeah. Yeah. Nigga got corn on it. Yeah. Some people, some people, believe it or not. <laughs> Believe it or not, some people got a. Some people have a number of wipes in their head. Like, like uh, I'm done after three wipes. No, you're not. <laughs> no two doodos are the same. There's no, no way. There's no way you know three As wipes a, is enough. You're a twenty wipe nigga. Yeah, like <laughs> you know three wipes. Listen, don't don't nah, don't have facts. a preconceived number. Yeah, you wipe till you don't see nothing else. That's facts. As a kid. I for sure will wipe till I got tired. I was like, my arm hurt. I'm getting up. <laughs> Yo, I'm sorry, fellas. If you, no woman should be able to come out with a story about you not wiping properly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 2022. You got too much booty wiping technology. It's, it also make your booty itch. Like if you got doo doo back there still. <laughs> hey, hey, not listen. Comfortable. Listen, I'm gonna tell you what's crazy. Some of these niggas have exceeded the itch. The niggas is immune. <laughs> the niggas have built up an immunity <sighs> to doodoo in the <laughs> to uh, in the. Oh, that's comedy. Oh. <laughs> These motherfuckers got shit particles back there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't itch no more. I used to itch all the time. Oh my god, <laughs> that's crazy. Oh man, you, bud, man. Yeah, just as a, as a man in general, you should care how you present yourself, and it just in all facets. You know, mm-hmm. when you go out places, you know. Just just do better. You know, trim your beard up a little bit. Don't be too crazy out here. Mm-hmm. You know, wear deodorant. And when I go to the gym, I spray just a spray or two of cologne. So when, I, when I start sweating, it really just comes off me, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some motherfuckers be in there with bad-smelling armpits. Yeah. It's like, what if you run into this, what if you run into this very attractive woman out in, in public, mm-hmm. you know, and you guys are having a conversation? Yeah. And I chew gum because in the morning, I brush and stuff and and... Wash my mouth out, but sometimes breath be stinking, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, yo, I need to have some chewing gum when I'm out and about. Mm-hmm. You know, make sure my stuff's on point. You never know. So, fellas, do better, please. Amen. I'm sure there's some women out here with the smelly clits, but as of now, I'm talking about men. Okay? <laughs> but, yeah, I think we've reached the end of this podcast. Um, if you made it to the end of this podcast, we appreciate you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Truckers Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, K-Things. And we're out of here. Peace.